0: You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. (laughs) Hey guys, before the episode starts, Cindy wants you to know about a new six-week online class that she has going. It starts September 14th and runs through October 19th. It's called Compelled to Change. Registration begins August 1st. Go visit cindy stewartcom to get registered today. You will receive recorded teachings, Weekly worksheets, weekly live coaching, bonus interactions with Q&A, prophetic solutions, and much, much more. Plus, every registration comes with a free download of her book, God's Dream for Your Life. Through this class, she wants to help others clarify their vision and develop a plan to live the life they dream about. For more information on how you can get registered starting August 1st, visit cindy stewartcom or follow the link in the show notes. Thanks so much. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Cindy Stewart podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. The passion to help you on your journey. Here is your host, Cindy Stewart.
1: Today we're going to talk about Showdown. John, I don't know if you guys remember the old fashioned um, uh, wrestling where they used to have the throwdowns, you know, where it'd be one wrestler against the other. And uh, growing up in the South, you know, wrestling was a part of our lives. <laughs> I don't know if that's uh, embarrassing. <laughs> I don't know if I should be proud. I don't know. But I can't even remember as a kid going down to the uh, convention center and, and seeing the wrestlers. I even knew a couple of them. And, you know, here I am, a 13-year-old kid, you know. But but it's interesting because we know that s- s- some of that was fake, It was orchestrated. I can see people smiling. I know I am not the only one, uh, but uh, that it was orchestrated and practiced and all that kind of stuff. While the kind of throwdown we're in right now is not put on, it's not fake. It is a real event that is happening in our country, in our world, that it is good versus evil. It is the demonic interference versus the power of God to subdue it, to crush it. And that's what we're going to talk about today because we're in a time of throwdown. We're having a showdown and and God is saying, you know, what are you going to choose? Are you going to choose the creator of the world of the universe, of the creator of all things, are you going to choose these cultural gods that are leading you astray? And that really is where we are in our in our time right now. There's a scripture, we're going to start with 2 Kings, but I just want to read this one little scripture out of, it's going to be 2 Kings um, uh, something, yeah, 18. I'm sorry, First Kings 18, that's actually where we're going to go. Uh, but I just want to read this scripture out of Isaiah 483. It was funny, the other day I was sitting in my car, uh, looking at the water, and um, I was tired. I'd been out too late, you know, stayed up too late, and I was tired. I was sitting in my car, and <coughs> I had my little journal, I was going to write something down, but I said, you know what, God, I got nothing. I'm not sure my brain's working. I, I've had my coffee; it, it just hasn't kicked in. He said Isaiah 43. I said, "Oh, okay. Well, you've got something," and uh, <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay, I'm, I'm glad you've got something." So I just want to read this this one scripture out of Isaiah 43, and then we're going to uh, go over to First uh, Kings 18. Um, but I want us to remember and and just understand, and we'll read out a little bit more out of Isaiah 43 uh, again, but um, how God talks about it is him and only him. There is only one God. There's only one way. In verse 25 in Isaiah 43, it says, I only I am he who wipes out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will remember your sins no more. It's only God that can bring us to the place that we need to be, that there is no other God. And and right now, there are a lot of gods out there that are trying to grab our hearts, catch our attention, and distract our affections towards something else. Um, <laughs> So I want us just to remember that our focus is on God and we've got to stay uh, in that zone with Him and no other. So in this season, we really are in this battle of uh, good versus evil. I was even reading the headlines this morning how in Portland, uh, they burnt Bibles and the American flag. Uh, there was a bonfire, you know, Portland and Seattle has had a lot of trouble with unrest trying to overtake the, the, and have overtaken some of the police districts. And last night they had a bonfire with the word of God, a bonfire with the American flag. And, uh, but you know what, the word of God is within us. And so we, we don't have to have the physical word because the physical because the word of God is within us. But that is such a um, affront to the holy God who created all things, to take the word of the Lord and burn it. And this is where God is like, there's been a line drawn in the sand, and you got to figure out where you're gonna stand you got to figure out. And now, is there something that we can do about what's happening in Portland? Physically, we're not there. So there's not anything we can physically do. But this war that we're in has got to be won in heaven. It's got to be won from the perspective that we are seated in heavenly places hidden in Christ. So our vantage point, our view is from heaven's perspective down onto the earth and we're fighting this second heaven war of what the demonic has released in this nation in this world during this time we're fighting a second heaven war you know we know that there are physical people that are doing these things but we know that they are deceived we know that they have not had their their eyes open to the truth of the lord we know that we're going to uh, fight for them to be saved and delivered and healed from this oppressive spirit that has provoked them to do ungodly things because they don't know the difference. Now, let's just set a, set this in a frame. We understand that burning property. Is not good by any stretch of the means. Destroying property, doing that type. we know, people understand that people understand right and wrong there, right? But they don't understand is what is happening is they are being, um, they are being used by the enemy to promote and move forward his agenda to destroy uh, the earth to destroy the people of God. that That's what they don't understand, that they are tools of the enemy to come against the plans of God. But my favorite phrase right now is, we will win. There's no doubt about it, we will win. So let's just talk about this for a minute. Let's go to 1 Kings 18. I feel like I have so much in me. I'm, I'm, I'm hope. I hope we're going to get there. Uh, first Kings, God, we just trust that we're going to get there. 18. We're going to start in verse 20 and it says, so Ahab sent the word to all the Israelites and assembled the prophets together at Mount Carmel. Elijah approached all the people and said, and this is where God is challenging us. How long will you hesitate between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if if Baal, follow him. But the people did not answer him. uh, The people did not answer him a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone remain a prophet of the Lord while Baal's prophets are 450. Now let them give us two oxen and let them choose one ox for themselves and cut into pieces and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. I will prepare the ox and lay it on the wood and I will put not put a fire under it. Then you will call on the name of your God and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. And all the people answered, it is well-spoken. This is where we are right now. We're having a showdown between what is, what is God and what does he produce and what does it look like to follow him versus all these cultural gods that have flooded our minds. It has flooded our imagination. It, It has flooded our daily lives with these false gods, these false expectations, all of these false things. You know, when we think about what's going on now, it's really hard for us to wrap our head around it. Even from 10 years ago, 20 years ago, it is hard for us to wrap our hand around it because we keep thinking it, it can't get any more depraved than this and then it does. And then, and then it does, but our hope and our confidence is in God throughout his scripture. He says, do not fear. I am with you. And, and what we're going against now is the enemy is attacking our identity. He's trying to stir up fear to keep us from moving forward. The other thing he's doing is he's he's developed this uh, infusion of confusion where there's so much misinformation coming out. It's very hard to discern what the truth is. So we have to lean into who the truth is. The truth is Jesus. So here we go on this big showdown. And and the thing about this story is, is, and this is what I find so interesting, you know, so Elijah's waiting on the, the God of Baal to rise up and do whatever he's going to do. And verse 27, it says, At noon, Elijah mocked them, saying, Cry out with a loud voice, for he is a God. Either he is occupied, or he is out, or he is on a journey. Perhaps he is asleep and must be awakened." So they cried out with a loud voice and cut themselves with swords and lances in accordance with their customs until the blood flowed out of them. And as midday passed, they passed. <laughs> they played the part of prophets and raved dramatically until the time of the offering, the evening sacrifice, but there was no voice, no answer, no one paid attention. I'm going to go ahead and read the other verse. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. So all the people approached him and he prepared and rebuilt the altar of the Lord that had been torn down by Jezebel. And when we think about the things that are going on around us, we realize that there are controlling spirits happening and we're seeing this uh, perverted manifestation and, it, you know, when it talks about them cutting themselves with lances and swords, we are seeing that level of self-mutilation in the people on the earth. We're seeing them putting themselves in positions where they are, their their bodies are being used in ways that were never meant to be. That they're being... Uh, in fact, I, I I've told this a couple of times, but where where the things coming out of people's mouth as just a normal part of language, the foulness of it, the uh sexual explicitity of it, you're just you're like I can't even believe I'm hearing that. And what has happened is it's it's like the these they're talking about here, it's like this this uh almost like this raving. Uncontrollable ability to self-govern themselves. That's what we're seeing right now. When you when you watch the news, even when you watch a, a program on TV, you know, used to you would never see this on TV. The language and the uh, the sexual explicitity on TV on just a regular what they would call family show. It's just over the top. And this is where we, God is saying, we have to draw the line here. We have to draw the line here. We have to be able to say, I am not willing to entertain the cultural gods that are coming against the God of all creation the Holy God. I am not willing. And and maybe the only stand I can take right now, based on my circumstances, is to turn my TV off or to not shop at a certain place or to um, stand up when I hear something that's not said properly. But that stand multiplied by the number of believers will make a huge difference and how the cultural shifts. And even this, you know, it's funny because Elisha said, uh, I alone remain a prophet of the Lord. (laughs) You know, down the road we find out that there were more prophets hidden away to make sure that there's that remnant rising up. But sometimes we think, I'm the only one. How can I do anything? But the thing that each of us choose to do is the multiplication for the kingdom of God around the world. As we make a choice not to stand on the fence, not to uh, say, well, I don't know, I'm not sure about this. As, as we make a choice for the word of God, that becomes like a domino effect, a momentum for us to break this stronghold of the enemy over us. That's right. It really does. It really does. We individually make a difference that collectively is felt across the world. Verse 33. So Elijah lays out the wood and, and cuts the ox into pieces. He's rebuilding the altar that was torn down and lays the wood on it. And he says... I, Fill four pitchers with water and pour it on burnt offering and wood. And he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And the water flowed all around the altar. And he also filled the trench with water. So here is this this uh, wood that is saturated with water. Verse 36, at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, Elisha the prophet approached and said, O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me so that this people may know that you, O God, O Lord our God, and you have turned their hearts back to you. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and even the stones and the dust. It licked up the water in the trench and when all the people saw it, they fell face down and they said, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. Then Elijah said to them, seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. They seized them and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and they killed them there. Now, we don't have a fire. We don't have a trench. We don't have lots of water. But what we have is a demonstration of the Lord within us. So when that challenge is made unto the Lord our response is a demonstration of the power of God against that challenge and it's funny when we think about that you know we don't think about ourselves walking around demonstrating the power of God do you? But every opportunity, the gods of this culture present itself to us. It gives us the invitation to demonstrate the power of God to knock down what is coming against the Lord. It gives us the invitation. We have the power of God within us. So it's a matter of releasing it upon it. And, you know, I really believe in this hour, and and I I appreciate the word that Pastor Gene gave earlier, but in this hour that we are the witness to who God is. You know, Isaiah Isaiah 43 talks about that. It talks about that we are the witness to God. We are the one who shows the world that he exists, that he lives that he is real, and how do we do that? Not only with words, but with power, with the demonstration of who he is. It is not just in words, Paul says, but it is the Holy Spirit's demonstration that follows in behind us. So when we say, someone actually said to me the other night, they said, um, that they, they told me the situation they were having. They're like, well, there's nothing I can do. All I can do is pray. Oh my God. That is the first thing. That is the main thing that, you know, when we release, when we cry out to God, he answers us from heaven and he releases the power of the Holy spirit for us to demonstrate who he is in this season, in this hour, you know we're facing so many things and we are being overrun with discouragement and disappointment and delusion and and all of these different disses but that is the enemy trying to steal our identity He's trying to take away who God has said we are. God says that we are his. He says that we, that we are loved. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to go back to Isaiah 43 for a minute. In the very first part of Isaiah 43, it says, um, Do not fear. I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. He didn't say... When I pull you out of the waters, he said, when you pass through it, when you go through the fire, I am with you. He said, you're mine. I will protect you. So in order to get to the other side, then we got to go through. In order to see, you know, in order for Joshua to take the promised land, they had to cross over. We want God to skip that part. We all do. We all want God to skip that part. We want him to just lift us up and let us just, you know, helicopter over the rough stuff. But it's only going through it that gives us the opportunity not only to grow in our faith because we're going to need God to get through it, but also demonstrate who he is as we go through this difficult time. Whatever the fire is, whatever the water we're having to wade through or swim through or uh, backstroke through, whatever it is, you know, we we have got to learn to go through to victory. And we will have the little victories along the line. He says, when you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched. Nor will the flame burn you for I am the Lord, your God, the Holy one of Israel, your savior. He he says that I, he says, because you are so precious in my sight, you are loved and honored. I will give other men in return for you. Other peoples in exchange for your life. Do not fear. I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and gather you from the west. You know, and at the end of six, it says, uh, bringing sons from far away and daughters from the end of the earth. And Isaiah 60, it talks about the same thing. It talks about how We are to arise and shine because the glory of the Lord is upon us. But what happens is not only do we arise and shine because the glory of the Lord is upon us and we understand that there's deep darkness over the earth, but guess who's the glory that's going to rise up and dispel the darkness? That would be us. That would be us. That would be you. And not only that, as we do this, you know, every time the people would get into bondage, whether it's because of their own doing or because of uh, the oppression, whether they were stuck in Egypt, whether they stuck in Babylon, when they came out of oppression, when they came out of bondage, they came in to wealth. They came in to transference. They came into provision that God had for them as they came out of bondage. They, came, they also came into a promotion. They came into a position that they were supposed to be in. You know, it talks about it in Isaiah 60, how that the enemy that has held you captive is going to give you provision and bring it to you as you come out. I think Anne's watching. <laughs> That's Okay. That's okay. So we need to understand no matter what situation we're in, God will protect, he will provide, and he will promote. And he's also promised us our children and our children's children. The word says that if we follow the Lord, then he will bring in our children and our children's children. Isaiah 59, 21. So we have to remember whatever children we have that are our children's children, our children's children, if we've got that many in this generation, we have to remember and declare that they are God's. And it doesn't matter what situation they're in right now or whatever choice they've made. Like I said, this is a war fought in heaven. This is not a war of flesh and blood. We're not going to beat them into the kingdom. We're not going to talk them into the kingdom. We're not going to negotiate them into the kingdom. We're going to war from heaven based on the word of God. And they will turn and come back to the Lord. So this war that we're facing is not a war of politics. It's really not. It's really not even a war of media. It's a war of a demonic force that is fighting against a holy God and his people. And we know in this war that the holy God and his holy people are the ones who win it. And it is, it's is—it's a difficult war. its It's a challenging war. It makes us mad. It it makes us want to yell at the people who are doing what they're doing. But yelling at them is not going to get us victory. Cursing them won't get us victory. The word says that we're to pray for our enemy. Praying for them, declaring that they will find, you know, the top, um, Voices that are against our country and against uh, us as people, as God's people. Those are the people that we should be praying the hardest for, declaring that their hearts will be turned, declaring that their eyes will be opened, declaring that the word of the Lord will come alive in them. That's that's where our battle is. Our battle is from heaven down. Our battle is looking at it from God's perspective. How does God see the people who are in favor of abortion? He sees them as lost children that need to encounter a loving father. You know, how how does God see the people who are burning down things? He sees them as these people who have no family, that don't understand what being one together means, defending one another, standing for one another. So our job is not to call down the fire from heaven on them. Our job is to call down the anointing, anointed love of God over them. And if they're in positions of power and they're creating this um, division within our country, then we need to ask God, you know, bring them to salvation. But until that time, move them out of destroying us. Take away their power so there can't be destruction against us. So we have to understand what does God say to do about what's going on in front of us. And and for Elijah, of course, he did call down the fire to suck up all the water and, and to burn everything up so he could say, oh, what's the matter? Your God couldn't do that? And that really is what we're saying. We, we're going to see our God. He's doing it right now. There are things happening that we don't see in, in um, CNN or whatever news you watch, ABC, whatever news you watch, I don't know. But what we see is this move of God. You know, we've talked about worship breaking out across our country people getting saved, thousands of people getting saved and baptized. There's this movement of of people coming together because they won't be silenced from worship. You know, so there's a movement out there. And those are the things that we have to press into and say, God, thank you. That there's harvest happening all around the world. And even though it's not the headline news, it's heaven's headline. And we're celebrating that that's our war you know that's where the where the showdown is where we're calling forth from heaven against this battle in this second heaven to bring the kingdom of God on earth so we're operating from a perspective that God has And we know God's perspective because not only has he told us, but he continues to reveal it to us through the voice of the prophets, through our our own study, all that kind. He tells us what his revelation is. In fact, the Lord gave me a word for August and he said, when July ends, confusion and chaos will end with it. August is a month of clarity. My people will have clarity we'll be able to see and understand and he showed me a picture of sunflowers in a field and you know how they grow from 6 to 10 feet so you can see them above all everything else you know so they're high And not only that, they grow quickly. They grow within 70 to 100 days. And that's what he was saying. Over these next 70 to 100 days, we're going to see an opening for us. We're going to see clearly what we're supposed to do. We're going to see a shift. You know, who could say that there's going to be a shift that's going to happen that's going to change the way we're seeing America? But there's going to be a shift there's going to be a shift. And what we have to do is we have to come into agreement with the shift. The other day I was wearing my mask. I was going into Starbucks to get my coffee and I put on my mask and I'm like, God, I just said it out loud. God, I can't stand to wear these masks. And I can't, I can't. You know, every time you look at someone, all you're looking is another something. And I'm like, I'm really smiling. You know, I just feel so, I feel like what it does is it, it hides our expression. It hides our, our, um, nonverbal voice, you know? And, uh, and he said, it won't be much longer. And I'm like, amen, Lord. So that's what I keep declaring. I take, I take every word that he speaks and declare it, whether I can see that shift or not, that's right. because when I come into agreement with the word of the Lord, then that shift happens quicker it does if we if he tells everybody the masks are not going to be much longer everybody goes oh well we hold back what God is trying to do because we don't come into agreement with him because we're so busy wrestling in our mind of whether that was God or not or whether it's not well let's just say I don't know if it was or not but it sounds like God so I'm going to declare it until I see it manifest right he doesn't want us clothed in a mask or he would have made us with mask on other than makeup, right? (laughs) Our beards. Yeah. Right. But just think about that. So we understand that what's happening. We understand, you know, we have to, we have to keep our brains straight. We understand that we understand the technical purpose of a mask, right? But we also understand the spiritual significance of wearing one. And that's what it is. It's a battle between dark and light. It's as simple as that. We're battling between dark and light. And we're we're trying to um, honor those who are over us because that's what the word says. And then we're trying to keep that um, obedience to God and what he's calling us to do. So August, I don't know if you've, I've I've already seen it, but I think the Lord gave me a heads up, that's why. But there's going to be a shift of understanding, a shift of clarity. We're not going to be confused. We're we're not going to see chaos. It may be happening, but we're going to see clarity because that's that's how God had opened up our eyes. We sang that song, open up the eyes of our heart. That is how he's opened up our eyes. He's opened up our eyes to see clearly. Because we are his people and that's the vision that he's given us. Amen? Amen. Amen. It's so good, God. I want to read one other scripture and then we're going to end. I feel like there's a, a bunch more. But in um, Isaiah 44, 3. And I just want to kind of prophesy this over us too. It says, for I will pour out water on him who is thirsty and streams on the dry ground. And I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendant. So I just want to pray that over us this morning. If you guys will stand because God wants to release a greater measure of awareness in his blessings that he's giving And he is pouring out blessings. He is pouring out blessings. Every day of our life, he's pouring out blessings. But he wants to release a greater measure of recognition in what he's doing. He is operating all around us, but sometimes we don't see it. And he wants to open up our eyes to see. So, Lord, I just want to release that over us, that you are opening up our eyes to see what you are doing. And we declare that this is a month of clarity. And that uh even, er, even when we get out of bed, as soon as our feet hit the ground, we'll be able to clearly see what you are doing, and we'll be able to clearly discern what is evil and what is good and we'll be able to release the power of you Lord the demonstration of who you are on the things that are evil so that light will come in the darkness God you've called us to be your witness you say that you are my witnesses that we carry the testimony of Christ in us and with your word comes the demonstration So, Lord, we just say yes to the demonstration. Show us how you want us to demonstrate you in this hour. Let us be as bold as Elijah to call forth the impossible to rain down on um, so everyone can see that you are God. That everyone will bow down and say yes to you, Jesus. And and Lord, right now, even as we we are in those heavenly places, we are hidden in Christ, we can see from a heavenly perspective. God, I'm just asking you right now to give each person that's watching and that will watch in the future, each person that's standing here, I'm, I'm asking you to give them that increased unction to go to release and to demonstrate who you are. Your word says, don't be afraid. I am with you. Don't be afraid to release what I've given you. So Lord, I just thank you that you are with us and everything you've called us to do, you've empowered us to do. And as we break loose of all of this, there's going to be a shift of provision. There's going to be a shift of positioning, a shift of promotions, and and the kingdom of God is going to be uh, just in this. What I keep seeing is it's going to radiate off the earth. So Lord, we pray for all those that are against you. We pray that they'll have revelation of you. And we pray, God, that The ones that don't, uh, that are in power, that you'll move them out of that position of power until they do, Lord. So, Lord, we know that you've got each one of us called by name. We know that you have a plan uh, for us. And, Lord, until we step in that plan, just work on our hearts. Work on the hearts of those that don't know you. And I know you are, Lord, but just work on their hearts. We want to agree with their heart to have a revelation of you, Jesus. And to get radically transformed by the power and the presence of who you are. And we just thank you, Jesus. Amen.
0: Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stuart.com. We'll see you next time.